when I left uh, my company, I was um, I had um, some money to invest, okay. and I felt like I wanted to. I didn't want to go back into uh, a W two okay. straight commercial. So, like, what can I make my own? All right, guys. So today, episode seventy one with yellow colored glasses. Um, I have a good friend of mine, Aaron Grounds, on today that we are going to be interviewing. Um, but before we get started, we're going to read a review. Um, so as you guys know, reviews are a huge thing with everything we do at Warner Mounts Agency. So Eric D. says, Jake and his team did an outstanding job of walking me through my coverages and helped me find the right protection for me and my family. It's extremely difficult finding and ensuring professionals you can trust let alone a whole group of them. This team is extremely genuine and you can tell they have a passion for helping others. Can't recommend them enough. Thank you, Eric. Um, means a ton. So if you guys have not left us a review, go to our page, like, like it, uh, give us a review, good or bad. Hopefully it is good. Um, and yeah, so, so yeah, so today, Aaron, got you on, man. Thank you for yeah. coming on. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Yeah, we've been talking about it a little bit and I know we and you have known each other for, how long have we known, when was that? Uh, well, it was right in before I, I went into vending, mm -hmm. so it was uh, 20, 2018, okay. into 2018, yeah. kind of the fall. Yeah, so yeah. about five years. It's yeah. crazy how fast that stuff I know. goes. So, <laughs> like, I remember us dressing up for the Halloween little uh, trick-or-treat day with our, I don't even know what we were at that I time. I don't know what they gave me. But yeah, dude, I, was, I got the leftovers, whatever it was. Oh, so. That was funny. Yeah. Um, Okay, so before we get into it, um, like we always do, we're going to do a peek in a pit. Yeah. Okay, so I will go first. Um, a peek that I'm having right now is, so the end of the year for us on the insurance side is really pretty slow. Um, so it gives us a good opportunity to go through, review what we've done for the year, let, you know, let people have their time off and kind of get ready for the beginning of the year. But... So right now we're going through planning. Um, we're gonna have a big team outing on the 28th or the 29th of December um, and review all of our numbers yeah. and see where we're at. We hit all of our goals, so that, that that's fun to kind of sit back and pat yourself on the back a little bit every once in a while. So anyways, that's, uh, that's something that's great going on with us. What do you got? Yeah, well, one of the, I'll go with a personal one. Um, so uh, my son, he's part of Blue Springs Golden Regiment. That's the marching band. Okay. They just, they just won uh, Grand Nationals, which is the biggest band competition mm -hmm. in the country. Um, first time it ever happened for Blue Springs. Um, and then they got invited for 2025 to march in a St. Patrick's Day parade in Dublin, Ireland. So, yeah, so a little bit more than a year. Um, wow. Their whole band is going to Dublin, Ireland, and I guess uh, you guys are I guess we're going to. That's so, awesome. Uh, yeah, something we have to save up for. Wow. But, um, it's yeah, forced into doing it, though. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. 500,000 people at that parade, I guess. So, uh, yeah. How old, it, how old is he? He's 17. Yeah, this is going to be his senior year. So really, yeah, okay. yeah. So kind of going out with a bang. So uh, Dude, yeah, awesome. made the news. All the local news stations kind of reported wow. on it. So yeah, we're, we're good for him. That's we're, awesome. We're excited. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, and that forces you to go on a nice little vacation. I've never been overseas like that. Uh, yeah, I, military back in the day. Uh, went to Germany and stuff. So um, yeah, but I've never awesome. been to never been to Ireland. Yeah, so that'll be that'll pretty be cool. cool. Um, that's awesome. Okay, a pit. Something that's been going not wrong, but just kind of a pain in the ass, I guess, sometimes. And I would say right now, which I've said this multiple times, a pit on our end is insurance companies are just a lot like tightening up with with guidelines, with renewals, with you know, if they want to continue to insure somebody, like everybody's seeing this industry wide. Um, but we're supposedly going on the back end of that so hopefully that cleans everything up next early next year but the other pit is you know with this being a slower time of the year you know you feel like you feel like you're not doing enough sometimes like you feel like if you're not writing as much business or bringing on as many new clients as you were you know back when it is busy like yeah it's every year like i've been doing this for almost 10 years now and it's like every year it's like this 
and every year I always try to tell myself like, hey, it's okay, like don't, you know, but sometimes it still gets to you. So I would yeah. say that's a pit on our end. Um, it's just trying to accept that, you know what, it's okay to not have your record months every single month. Right, exactly, exactly. So, yeah. What about you? Um, for me, I would say I moved into a, a newer commercial space this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and um, kind of was in a situation where we had a, I was kind of subleasing, but uh, the guy I was subleasing with, he wanted to get out, and mm-hmm. which my business is growing, so that's great, but I had to buy him out, sign a new lease, new fat deposit. Gotcha. Um, I just hired some new people. Um, and much like your guys' business, December is is slow. Really? Yeah, okay. just um, a lot of our accounts. I mean, I've got a big school for one, so they're out. And then you've got a lot of businesses just this time of year. You know, people are taking vacation, doing stuff. So just kind of an interesting piece because I've got all these kind of random expenses that hit me, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then a slower time. But on the flip side, it's... It's just, you know, that's kind of the nature of growing yeah. with your business, you know, and you know, it's just, it's not always a straight line, but yeah. year over year, you know, it's kind of what you get excited about where you were a year ago, so. Correct. And that's what's, that's why I like, because when I look back, like, well, I think maybe even me and you were talking, I think you would ask like how we were doing and I mean, honestly, like where we're at, like I just looked at it recently, like we're ahead of the game and sometimes it's hard to sit back and actually think like that you yeah know, like when you're in the day-to-day stuff it's like goodness like we just need to do more and more and more and more right right and it's like man when you look back and say okay what was our goals at this time like because like i and you tell me how you i know we can go down a rabbit hole with this but real quick you tell me what you think on this like when you hit if you hit a goal because like i'm i think we're bad with like if when we hit a goal we think we need to raise it the next time like maybe right. like let's say you right. have a year goal but then we review them every quarter but by quarter one, we're like, oh man, if we keep this up, we're gonna be, we're gonna double our goal. Yeah. So do we increase our goal, right? Or, and we've done that before. Where we're like, okay, well, let's increase it. And then every year we've kind of hit a little bit short of our actual goal. Goal, but this year we're like, no, let's let's set our goal, right? Let's set it higher, right? At the beginning of last or the end of last year, let's set this next year goal a little bit higher, and let's just, you know, no matter what it is, like let's just stay on that goal. Let's not change it. Right. Right. So anyways, I think it worked out for us, but it's still one of those things like, because again, it all kind of, there's seasons, right? Like the first two or three quarters is really, really good. And then the last quarter kind of slows down all the time for us. So anyways. yeah, no, and I, I know what you're saying. I mean, um, you know, I was with my, my first part of my career, I was with a retail company that yeah. was really big on, you know, the constant goals and yep. setting those and motivations and and so I, I tried to take that into my business mm-hmm. too. Um, you know, a, a book that we referenced, they talked about your BHAG, and that was acronym for Big, Hairy, Audacious Goal. And yeah, when I got into vending, I set my business as kind of like, hey, if I can, my number was if, as an individual, if I can do $500,000 in revenue, um, mm-hmm. that's that would be a crazy amount. I don't know how long that'll take or what it'll be. And, and, and I hit that this year. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's like, wow, that's, really wasn't as as hard as I thought you know so um, but yeah I think on the other side of that you just you also have to dial those in as far Mm -hmm. as like okay how do you back that out and how do you how do you say okay you know for me like number of vending machines number of clients you know how much they average and and how I get there and then also it's just I can't do that by myself so what does that look like for you know staffing help and still you know function and live a uh, a, a normal life you know exactly. yeah so. no that's a good point um okay so let's just kind of go into this i guess yeah. tell us a little bit about your story um and and what kind of business are you guys are you know, running over there yeah yeah so um it's kind of my i would call it my second act um you know i was in the retail world for 17 years a big chunk of that i was a district manager i ran a I ran a, a market and, um, you know, that's where I kind of, I don't know, learned all my stuff about just running a business and, mm-hmm. you know, to your analytics and, you know, profit and loss and things that are important and also how to drive sales. And, um, you, know, you do that for a while and you kind of look for other things mm-hmm. and call it what you want. I, I call it my, my midlife crisis, you know, where um, I 
wanted to do something else. Mm-hmm. And it, it took me a while, and that's kind of when me and you met. I was going to say, because um, you got into retail when, at what age? Um, basically right out of college. Okay. So it's like mid-20s okay. is, is kind of what it was. Mid to early 20s. 17 years. 17? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I think we'd actually had a conversation on this, because I had a similar, I mean, like I, I, I started my professional career in the retail world, right? And I was only there for four or five years. Yeah. Right? Um, and then, yeah, like how me and you met is with State Farm. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess how did that come out? Because I don't, I, I don't even remember how that, like, were you recruited? Because like whenever we were talking outside, like I know you said you got your securities license and everything. So was that... Did you get recruited because of that they saw that you no, had that? No, no, it wasn't. Was it was honestly when I left uh, my company, I was um, I had um, some money to invest, okay. and I felt like I wanted to. I didn't want to go back into uh, a W two okay. straight commercial. So, like, what can I make my own? Mm-hmm. You know, certainly. Um, you know, early 40s, I think there's a lot of people where they're ready to make their mark, you know, they felt like they've learned and they, I don't know, maybe tired of some of those corporate environments. Right. And and so, yeah, I had, um, you know, I had made relationships with, with State Farm and, and, and Michael that ran it. And um, I kind of picked his brain about it, um, but then I had I had kind of applied and looked into the system. I think I think I had some recruiters come out, um, and not just from okay. them, but other you okay. know other, other groups. groups. Yeah. yeah, and then so it started that conversation, mm-hmm. um, and just knowing you know my agent, I was impressed with what he brought to the table, and I said, mm-hmm. well, maybe this is an avenue. So um, yeah, so I wanted to fully explore okay. that. So. Um, yeah, and I it took me several months to kind of figure out where I belonged and what I wanted to do and where I wanted to kind of yeah you know chase and then it just uh, it it turned out to be uh, turned out to be vending yeah so, so yeah. vending so um, so let's talk on that then like so you went from when me and you kind of met at State Farm how long was it after that that like. What was the next step after that? Was it was it bending after that? Like was that where you fell into that? And I guess yeah. how did you fall into that? Yeah, it was like three months later. I was like I wanted to invest a chunk of money into okay. a business, and I was hoping that that business um, would kick off some income, of course, um, one that hopefully I could sell at some point. So right. somewhat of an investment, yeah. um, but also one that maybe that I could help work and grow. Um, so, I mean, I looked at everything. I mean, yeah, I was looking at all sorts of broker opportunities, whether it was car washes or liquor stores or you name it, and vending kind of came along with that. Okay. And I think at the end of the day, why I like vending was, um, you know, you can start out small, you know, you can slowly scale and kind of see um, how far you want to take it, um, and that kind of appealed to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I jumped in. I, I basically went with a company that... Uh, you essentially buy into their system and okay. uh, you buy machines from them. They, they teach you the, the basics, the ropes. Um, they help you find accounts and locations and then you kind of rock and roll from there. Okay. Um, yeah, and that's kind of that's how it started. Um, and then, I, you know, I think a lot of people, maybe that's all it is to them mm-hmm. whether they decide if it's going to be a full-time gig or not. And... I probably had that for a little while. It probably took me um, over probably a year, year and a half to uh, decide, like, I was still like, well, maybe I'll just do this as a side project yeah. and I'll go back to, to work. Because I think it's like anything, as you know, it's you start that business and it's really scary because, you know, you, there's a lot of fear of failure mm-hmm. and you're like, is this going to sustain my lifestyle and other things? And so it's easy to bail. And that's why... You know, a lot of small businesses do fail in that yeah. that first year. I just don't think that they um, stick with it because they're not making much money or losing well, the money. The excitement real, kind of wears off. After it does. First year, you know, like yeah. you're ready to go. You're pumped up, planning it, getting it going. Yeah. And now you're ready. Now it's like, okay, maybe you've had a little bit of failure, or maybe you've had a little bit of success. One of the two, or maybe both. You know, and either you start getting lazy, or you just don't have that same that same, I guess, motivation to continue it at it because it's like it's now it's just getting started. Absolutely. And I think, you know... You, at least that's what I felt. Yeah, <laughs> you can, you know, we, these different businesses, whether it's insurance or it's mm-hmm. a small business and 
uh, financial advisors, you, you meet these people and you meet them like after they've already arrived. You know, they, they're making money. Maybe they're doing real well. Maybe they've been in the business 10 years, 20 years. You're like, oh, I want to do that. And unfortunately, like it's really hard to describe the, the pain, the grind, the, you know, the really, you know, self-doubt. And yeah. it's if you can make it through that because that can take you know, two years, three years right. to where you're really kind of on the other side of that, yeah. you know, so, um, but that's the beauty. Of I know, it. and that's the beauty, but I mean, that's like with you, Amy, I mean, no offense, I mean, like, I think anybody who takes that jump, but like, especially with you, like, I mean, you had kids at that time. You yeah. Know, you had kids and a, and a wife, I mean, does your wife, does she work? Yeah, you so, know, and I, I, yeah, bless my wife on that because, uh, you know, and I would say, I don't know, we, we both were having challenges with our mm-hmm. careers. I knew that my, my my day was coming so we we were making both we were true dual income household and we downshifted houses we sold a really large home Mm -hmm. and went to an older smaller home Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we were living way below our means and we weren't kind of expecting that full change but it allowed for that so we were able to kind of uh, take her income yeah. and at least pay the bills. And mm-hmm. it was it was tighter, mm-hmm. but we had made the commitment. I told her, like, look, if I do this, it's like for, you know, minimum two years, like the money that I make, it's all got to be siphoned back in. It's like mm-hmm. we're going to have to pretend like, you know, we're, yeah, we lost a step that I'm, right. un- I'm unemployed, you yeah. know. And um, I think if you're able to do that in this business, then – you're going to be successful. And I think a lot of people that, you know, if you're willing to live on rice and beans and grind it out, but if you can't dial back your lifestyle, um, then it's going to be a problem. And I think if you're married and, and, and I've seen this happen, some people that I've coached with vending, you know, I don't, if, if, if that spouse is not on board and your, your marriage starts to suffer, um, I think it's tough. I mean, I think that's, you know, partly your guys' success being a team, man. Yeah. That's just awesome, you know. So. Well, and that's, you're right. I mean, you hit it on the dot there. Like, and, you know, working with our spouse, like working with, you know, Michaela, and then I know Dustin and Amanda work together, of course, too. But, like, that's hard sometimes. You yeah. Know? But, but I think what it has done for me and Michaela is it's opened up our communication where we have to be better communicators with each other, right? You know, because if not, we're taking the stuff that, you know, we're, we're dealing with at work, we're taking it home. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like, it's just the communication, there has to be better communication. And, but I think you can make a huge argument that on the other side, where if someone's, you know, your spouse is not going into business with you, cause that's not normal, right? For that spouse yeah, to be doing it, that. It's not. But they have to be bought in just as much as you, because if they aren't and, and something fails, which is, it's not like if it's going to fail, it's when it fails. Like when something doesn't go your way. Yeah. You guys are gonna, you know what I mean? I, oh, in my opinion, almost well like headbutt there. I, I do, and I I would say people do. I mean, it, that can change a little bit, but you do have to come up with a timeline. Right. It's like you have to both agree. Like, look, I'm I'm gonna burn the midnight oil. I'm yep. gonna grind it out. That can be nights. That can be weekends. We're gonna give up maybe yes. vacations. Whatever it is. Setting that um, expectation. It, it is. Yeah. And when, but when you do hit that, it has to come. I mean, I think that's why, I mean, I totally respect anybody that can start like a restaurant and yeah. make that work. Cause that boy, that's well, they're there all day. Yeah. And, and if you can't, um, and, and I think, I, I think that's where my, my retail experience being a district manager came into play because I was not afraid. And with this, I mean, I was with this business, even though it's not huge, was not afraid to hire people. Um, and start delegating responsibility because if, if you can do that, then you're, you're going to be able to grow because if you're burning that midnight oil all the time, you're going to be tired all the time. You're going to be just putting out fires all the time. And you don't have any, you don't have anything left for, for, for vision, for creativity, for what your life can be. Yep. You're just, you're in the funk all the time. Yep. And I think you can't do that because yeah, I love what I do, um, partly because my schedule isn't too terrible. I mean, but I'm giving up some of my income mm-hmm. and putting it on payroll because I I know that time is just as valuable to me as yeah. money. So no, that's that's something that I mean I think probably everybody struggles with that. But I know that's one thing we we struggle with sometimes is yeah. thinking like okay, if we bring in you know X amount of people to take care of our jobs, even though maybe we can do them a little bit better, or maybe there's going to be a learning curve for that. X amount of time, you know, like 
Right. I think I was talking to, I think it was Caleb, but I don't know. But it's sometimes like, it's like one of those things like, okay, if something comes across my desk, is it easier for me to show somebody else how to do this or is it easier for me to do it right then? Right. right? And it is easier for me to do it right then in the short term. Absolutely. Right? In yeah. the long term though, that is, that's not the route to go. Yeah. Because I'm always going to have to do that and it's just by, you know, just doing it right off the bat and saying, you know what, I'm going to train this person how to do it and I might have to do them, tell them again how to do it and maybe a third time, but after that, then they should be able to handle it. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I just got done with that. Honestly, I hired three people mm-hmm. uh, a couple months ago, um, part time, and they're helping me pull my route together and, and stuff. And I've got a couple that work in the evenings. I got one that works on Sunday and, and then I've got one that makes more regular hours during the week. Well, with the weekends and the evenings to train them, I mean, I had to go into the office. Yeah. I had to be there. I liked work traditionally, probably more of like a, you know, a seven to four type setup. Mm-hmm. But with that, then I was being there with them, and it's like, yeah, I got to go back in the office. I got to show them how to do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now, um, based on the things that they do for me, they're kind of there. And this this last Absolutely. week or two, I mean, I've been getting done it. Uh, it's been last. It's like I've been, you know, done at two o'clock, and like, hey, I get it. I get to go home. I'm gonna actually maybe get back to the Chill gym, yeah. which has been off my radar almost all year. Yeah. So, and that's not been good for my, my physical and mental health, you know? Yep. So um, that's kind of the trade-off and you have to yep. do that sometimes. Well, and you have to take care of yourself, you know, like what, like with what you're talking about, right? And this, yeah. again, there's sometimes, everybody, I think I've, said, I've, I've heard this before, where at some point in time, most business owners have not had that balance. Yeah, right? absolutely. Balance, like the balance has just been tipped on one side or the other, but the goal is to get to that balance because once, and that's where people can start to scale and, from what at least it looks like in our business, like, because it's 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 very simple for us to get in and just start doing the day to day grind and doing it, and then just you know open your eyes and oh my gosh, it's already December, you know? Yeah. And what have we done? We're doing the same thing we did last year, even though it's working, right? But it's like, it's only gonna you're only gonna build we're only gonna do the same exact like if we do the same thing we did last or this year or, we, or as we're gonna do next year, we'll do we'll have the same results. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and, and I did it in my retail job, and also basically with this, my philosophy has always been you should you should always be teaching somebody how to do your job. Yeah. Um, like trying and, to replace you, basically. Yeah, e- exactly, and by doing that, you will create a company. You will create a small business. If you don't, then you don't have a business. All you are is self-employed, yep. because without you, it doesn't exist, yep. and that's nothing. And it's if hus- get, hustler to CEO, is yeah, what you call that. Yeah, and it's just, it. I mean, it doesn't work for the long term. Not not, not if you want to have a, a regular life. Not if yeah, you want to travel. Not if you want to do other great things and be part of your kid's, you know, right. life. Because, so. yeah, like, um, I mean, the only difference between owning a business and, and working at a W-2 job is that, you know, if you the guys that work at you know work their work their lives away at a W two job, there, there's nothing wrong with right. Yeah, like they have a lot of pride in everything they did do, but a lot of those people sometimes they'll go up and open up a business and they'll do the same thing that they were doing at their W two job, right? And maybe making a little bit less, but working, but they don't want to hire, they don't yeah. want to scale, yeah. and then they're in the same boat as what they were before. Yeah. Because they don't, they always have to be there. Yeah, yeah, and and, you know, and I get it. Yeah. Having employees can be tricky, um, that's and that's not for everybody. But on the flip side, I mean, the advantage of having those people, mm-hmm. um, you get to do, you get to take away things that ultimately you don't want to do, and give yeah. those away to other people. And some of those things, people, they don't mind doing. But yeah, that's exactly. the beauty of owning your own company, yeah. focusing on what you do really well and you excel at and kicking away things where other people can do it. Yeah. That's that's no, one of the beauties good. of it. So That's awesome. I think that's really cool. It's uh, I, I, I bet the retail side really helped you. I didn't even think about that because like that's what that, that was literally your job was just putting teams together and making sure. Yeah, I mean I had at one time basically a, a sales team of, of, of 40 salespeople that mm-hmm. ran retail locations and it was my job to manage all those people, train them up, do, you know, workshops, all that kind of stuff, be their motivators. And at the same time, doing all the analytics and everything with the market and what needs to be focused on. So it was, yeah, it, but it, it, it it really helped me to get me where, where I am now. What are, um, I guess, so like, what are some of the biggest hurdles with anything to do with, you know, I mean, the vending machine, uh, market companies, things like that? Yeah, I think, um, I think the, 
the the biggest thing is is it it really is maybe like a lot of small businesses, but it is patience. So um, I think it's oversimplified, and I think that's why there's a bunch of people that get into vending and they fail um, because anybody can buy a machine. You know, I know guys that have bought a machine and they don't really know, and they think that I don't know they're just going to walk up to some gym or something and say, hey, I'm, you know, put a vending machine there, and it just doesn't work that way. Um, getting placements is very difficult, and then even when you get placements, sometimes you'll find out it's not a good fit. It, they're really too slow, or it's just really not an environment you want to be in. Maybe it's a place where they're extremely rough on your machines, or there could be a break-in. So it's you're planning like all these. It's almost I don't know. It's almost like being a a, a lobster fisherman, and you know you drop all these these cages, and you got to go back in a week and see if anything yeah worked. And so it can take months and months and even years to get uh, basically a bank of machines properly placed to where they feel like you're maximizing you know the money that they can make yeah and I think a lot of people they they don't get there they just they, maybe they place a machine like oh it's not really making much money this isn't working or they realize it's a lot of work it's mm-hmm. not as simple it, it's looked as extremely passive and it's not. The better the machine does, the more time it's going to take. You know, if you've got, like, if you have a machine that does, oh, let's just say it does 300 a month, that's a very slow machine. And eh, you might go out to that thing once a month, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want a $300 machine. I want a $1,000 machine. Well, guess what? You're probably going out to that machine twice a week. So if you, and then if you have 10 or 20 or 30 of those machines, that's a full-time job. So, and maybe you're not able to do that with, if you work a W-2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to be able to scale, balance, and, and figure that out. But that takes some serious time. Okay. That is right. Because like, you know, like eight, like I've, I've, I've looked into, I mean, just briefly, like whenever you see like best side hustles or anything like that. Right. Like, you know, we're always trying to do something. And yeah. ATMs and vending machines. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like they, that seems like it's just... You know, yeah, like literally exactly what you just said. You right. Pick up a vending machine or an ATM. You go set it in a place. You get the green light from them, and then you just start collecting money. You know, it's just passive income. Yeah, and I think, and to be quite honest, I think that's why there's you know some groups out there, some businesses that they kind of get people really fired up and interested, and and they sell them on the dream, and then. Mm-hmm. They get out there and it's like, uh, yeah. this isn't easy. And then, I mean, the bad thing about vending is these are very expensive pieces of equipment mm-hmm. and they're like cars and not cars of COVID times, but they drop in value. Like, a, I really? mean, it'd just be like trying to sell, you buy a refrigerator for your house and try to sell that sure. two years later. I mean, what's somebody going to give you for that? And the vending machines is like that. So hmm. um, if you get in it and you're, and, and it doesn't work out, you're going to take a big bath on your investment. Um, you know, so that's that's kind of the, the negative of it. Um, that's why this year, kind of the second part of my business is where um, the Midwest Vending Academy, where we're starting to, and I've started to mentor and train people that are getting in the business and try to look at it correctly and then how to build that business and, and what that is and just mentor people and you know so, so talk on that a little bit so I mean so you guys you have one piece of your business where you actually are out you have your own vending machines and yeah. you're doing your own thing yeah and you're starting this other side of your business where you're going to basically be coaching and mentoring people yeah yeah so I've got Mocan vending and that's where it's just you know I've got a bank of machines I've got you know roughly 50 machines that are out there in the world that me and my team, we we go out and fill and operate, and that's that's my bread and butter, and I'm still going to grow that business. Okay. Um, but on the other side, and that really took off this year, is where um, partly from what I used to do, uh, vending can be somewhat of a, a, a lonely business when you're out there. You're not really interacting. I know you. We've always said like I, you like like to be out talking. Oh to yeah, I'm a chatty cat. Like, you know, so uh, every time I, we talk, it's an hour of conversation. Yeah, and I, yeah. I hope it's me or you. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. People sometimes probably run when they. When I'm, I'm like, oh, I, I tell Michaelis, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I was like, I don't know if I talk too much to Aaron or not, but I'm. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I, I love, I mean, I don't know. And, and that's what I miss about what I used to do yeah. is, is doing workshops. And really sometimes, I mean, when you have a team of salespeople, um, salespeople, I mean, that's the highs and the lows. And, and I had a team that sat, a lot of these people would sit in a retail location from 10 in the morning to eight o'clock at night by themselves. Mm-hmm. And sometimes nobody would come in or only one or two people. Mm-hmm. 
And so, man, I needed to come in and I needed to be their coach, their best friend, their dad, mm -hmm. and talk about different things. Sometimes we wouldn't even talk about the business and sales. Sometimes it was just understand what's going on in their life. And I, I missed that. I yeah. missed that opportunity to try to coach, train, develop people because I've done really well in a short amount of time and I feel like I've, I've figured it out. I'm still learning. Correct. But um, so trying to put that together because I work with a company that sells machines, places them for them. Um, and the placement's one of the most difficult things, but they don't really have anybody that does the development and the training. That's kind of for you to figure out with your own business. So different yeah. if you bought, yeah. you know, a, a rental property, like, what do you do? How do you do that? What's the proper way to do it? Everybody thinks they have it figured out. And then they get in there and they're like, uh-oh, you know, how right. am I going to do this? So um, I've really just created a mentor system um, where I take people on for a year and I teach them software, I teach them the equipment, they they run route with me where they go out and they, they see my operation and what it could be. I mm -hmm. open up the books to them so they see how to set up a business and the P&Ls I run and the tax structure you mm -hmm. probably need to be in and mm -hmm. you know all those different things. So literally I could take somebody that they... Playbook on yeah, this. exactly. And that's what, what I've done. I've taken um, some that have been in the business and are struggling, sure. but a lot of people were... They're like me. They've got a chunk of money and they want to invest, you know, and buy 10, 15. Even I've got a couple people that right out of the gate, 25 machines, just boom. That's a real business and a real investment. And they want someone to show them the ropes. And, yeah. and so that's what we started to do. And that's going to grow and get hopefully a much bigger part of, of, of my future world. But that's good. Yeah. And that, that fills that, that, that gap or that hole of what you were talking about with helping yeah. and being able to do that. Because that's one thing. You have always consistently, I've always heard you consistently say that. Even whenever you were at State Farm. And I mean, I, I can't speak out in like certain conversations, but like I just always remember you, you know, that hyping you up. And like, yeah. it's not, it's one of those things like, like hyping yourself, like you, you really get, basically energetic with that and I it, it like it can like third party can tell I I you know I mean good. and I think as we talked about why I didn't get into insurance you know I oh man I just I I, I love the opportunity to help people mm -hmm. and to sit down and have really detailed conversations yeah. understand who they are what makes them tick and what I can break out from that. And I think a lot of that is honestly a lot of my own failures in life, whether yeah. it's relationships or financial issues and yeah. other things like that and coming out on the other side. I mean, you know, that's what we are. We're all just a sum of our failures. And um, so, I, yeah, I've always loved that. And so that's what I, you know, what I hope to do. Yeah, no, so. that's cool. I love that. So how many, like, if someone's just getting started out, like how, how many... And I'm sure you can probably start out with one, but like, what, what's a good amount of, to start out with, like from a, to make it worth someone's time? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it depends how you're going to place the machines. A lot of times you'll place a dual setup, like a drink snack machine. Right. Sometimes there's some larger combo machines that do both. But I think four or five accounts okay. would give somebody enough where they feel like they're doing something, mm -hmm. but at the same time, you know, a little bit of weekend time and some week nights they could do, and they would be fine, and it wouldn't it wouldn't kill them. You know, especially if they've kind of got a uh, a structured nine to five setup, or even maybe where they just have some days, whatever their schedule is, but they're just they're a little bored. Yeah, yeah. And they feel like I need a secondary income, or they're just like I'm not happy, and I really would like to transition then that would give them a good test run. Okay. You know, I think if somebody's like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to make a serious move, then I think that they're going to need probably in the ballpark of 25 machines to kind of feel like now they're making some serious income and they can also invest serious time into it and also yeah. kick off some real cash flow yeah. with it. And is that where you're at? Like, even though you have, you know, you have, like you said, 30, or you, you said you have 50 now. Yeah. You, you have 50. Like, is that your goal is to continue to add add more? Yeah, partly that's why I added people. For sure. Um, so I'm kind of bored right now. Mm -hmm. um, I, I run route, but I've got a full-time driver that basically runs route with me. And there's a lot of holes in our in our days, you know. So we, we run routes where it's like certain days, the same accounts are going to be done. And, and you know, and... And what I've taken a long time to do, um, and I probably could have grown faster, but 
I there's a lot of accounts that weren't necessarily bad that I've gotten rid of because I've I've places that I found out I didn't grow. Like I'm I had accounts in in Kansas and I'm not in Kansas anymore because I was driving out there for just a few and I found that just I could sense, yeah. yeah I could tighten up in areas because if you can get to a concentrated area and you mm-hmm. can do several accounts roughly efficient. side by side I mean it's it's time you yeah. know because these are all. You know, it's going to take so much time to go out there and fill yeah, these machines. Sense. So, yeah, yeah and, and so, no, I'm I'm still growing it. And um, like I said, I mean, I, I hit that that half million dollar revenue goal. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I honestly, I, I just don't think it's going to be a big deal to, to double that. Yeah, I yeah. think it would be kind of sexy to say, hey, I got a, I got a million dollar vending operation. Yeah. So, no, and that's, that's kind of how I would, I think, like, I feel like when, like I, I, when we talk to people, like and even if it's just on the insurance side, like you talk to these guys and they've had you know X amount of rental properties or doing this with their business, and it's like once they get to a certain spot, they almost get they they just almost get stagnant with with their growth. And I don't yeah. think it has anything to do with them. I think it's what you have talked about hit on the head, like hiring people, getting those people in the same place. Because and in my opinion, once you get to that spot, really every decision that you make will be should be easier because you've already made them before. You just need to do more of those decisions. Yeah, right? yeah. Like you just yeah, need you to see. do more of what you've already done and what you've already been proven to work. Does that make? Like, yeah, it becomes. I mean, and that's where it can. You know, you can almost turn something into franchise. It's yeah. It's just it's a system. It's, it's like you know as far you, as you want. To yeah, go yeah. You you put it in. You put yeah. it in place. And you know, I know at State Farm, you guys were doing some of that. It's like you guys had a system for mm-hmm. how to talk to people on the phone and right. what that looks like. It's like don't you don't need to reinvent it. If it works, it works. Exactly. And there is something to say to have a framework. Yes, you can still be personable and. Correct. And make some changes, but it's like, look, this system works. We're going to do it this way every time out of the gate, and then yep. we know we're going to have a certain result. Mm-hmm. And if we don't, then we know that you know yeah, this one isn't. It's not a good. It's not a good fit. Yep. You know. So yeah, absolutely. No, that's that's kind of how we like. That's kind of how I think of things, and we think of things here. And it's even though it's completely different, it's still the same concept. Like, you know, if we have this process and system for for you know for this department like and it's working like let's just continue to get more people and teach them that process and system right yeah. if it's and then if, again everybody's a little different and they need to maybe change up a couple things like that's okay but stick to the bones and stick to what's what's been working and that that consistency yeah. will stay that's there. yep yep we did that with our sales team and yeah. you know in in that's awesome. you know, the retail world I yeah mean, you know you've got to have a framework yeah that's awesome um, okay, so what are, here's another one I got for you. What are some of the favorite things about working in this business that you like? Because I know, I know it's not always sexy, like with working, you know, running your own business and things like that. So like, I yeah. guess, what are some of the things that you like the most about it? And then maybe what are a couple things that you just don't like? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, um, it, Talking about vending with the scalability, I think that's one of the the most beautiful things. So as we talked about at first, it can be hard to kind of hit a scale to where you feel like you're even making an okay income. But once Mm -hmm. you've kind of hit that new high, for you to add a few new accounts, and so you could take where you place a couple good accounts and you Mm -hmm. might put, you know, two to four thousand in revenue, you know, on the books, and then you amp in a month, and then you amplify that over a year to say like a w2 job say hey i you know was able to make 25,000 more this year than last year that just doesn't happen no, that that often i mean Never. you you got to change careers or get a big promotion and mm-hmm. you know but you can do that you can and you can double that in a year you can do that every single year with vending so i'm really big about i run my month to month year over year numbers so i look at like december to december and you know, and I'm looking to see what's growing, what's not, and to see those numbers grow. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I get excited about that because yeah, it's just fun. it's it's pretty crazy because you know I just I, we're all I don't know I think a lot of people are, and I think especially uh, males. You know, you're you're looking for a certain amount of success, and 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 some of that is is driven by income, and yeah. you know, and well, it's fun. It's almost like I almost look at it sometimes like more so now. And I don't know if this might come off bad, but I almost look at it as like a game. Like we're we're in this game, and like when it comes to business, right? Yeah. And it's like how can you just continue to get to the next level? Like how yeah. do you get? Like how how can you win? And it doesn't even matter how much money you're making. It's just like how can you continuing to build this thing up? 
and it's if you look at it that way, like it's fun, right? Like I don't. Does that make sense on what I'm? Yeah, saying? it is. It is fun, and I think there's, you know, it's. I don't know. It, it's just like you've made it, I guess. You know, yeah. and being able to say that, it's like, it it was terrible for years. I grinded it out. It was almost, and you know, I hate to say that, but it's true, and it's okay to say that. That at first you're almost embarrassed, like oh, yeah. like I'm not making it. Like so, I'm like, oh, how's your business doing? Like, oh, it's doing okay, and you know, yeah. like. I'm not making nothing really. Yeah. Like my tax return with write-offs and stuff. Yeah. I mean, can be a good thing, but like I'm really not showing any income yeah. here. Yeah. And it's like, and, and you have doubt in your mind, but when that turns and you mm-hmm. turn that into like, hey, I'm making six digits now. Mm-hmm. It's like three years ago, I was like, I was, I was really worried that like, if this thing don't turn around, I'm going to lose my marriage. You know, it's like, you know, I put a lot of money yeah. out to make this happen. Yeah. Um, but that's... That's, that's just accomplishment, yeah. you know, and it's yeah. and part of that that having that grind not handed to you, I think is what makes it so beautiful. That's true, you know, and and so to me that's and then every day big. you're reminded of that. When yeah, you come in. like when you're yeah. Coming. That's that's a great that's a great freaking point because like that's I have we have had the same thing. Like we've had a ton of success with the agency, way better than what we've ever deserved. But there have been months and times where I'm just like, oh my gosh, how are we going to do yeah. this? You know? Yeah. Because if not everything doesn't go the right way, especially yeah. at the beginning, like, you know, the failures really, they really get you a lot harder at the beginning of the business versus whenever you're five, six, seven, ten years into it. Yeah. Business. You know, and I, I just heard this the other day, this expert on happiness, and he, he keeps basically uh, a journal on bad things, things that are, are bad. And he, and basically at a one month mark and a six month mark, he goes back and looks at those things and you start to get perspective and you say, what did I learn from that? Yeah. And sometimes you go back and laugh at some of the stuff. Like I was upset today because of this and like, why am I sweating that? You yep. know? And, and even doing that later, like, Oh, what, what was I so upset about a year ago yep. or two years ago? And like, really, you know, well, and the stresses will always, this is something I heard too, that I I've really been it's really been hitting hard for me it does not matter like the stresses are always going to be there right it doesn't matter if you're in business one year or ten years those stresses will always be there and they're only going to get you're only going to get bigger problems and bigger stresses the only thing that's different is that you get better at handling those yeah right yeah Where it does not just consume your whole day where you could have like not saying that this problem you had a year ago was not a problem because it is a problem Right, and you might see that problem again, but you're going to be better at handling that problem. Oh yeah, you're like we've done it before. It's like just now. This is nothing. This is no big deal. And that's one thing that I can seriously sit back and look on, like, like think like the things. I'm not saying that they're not problems today because they definitely are, but they're not. They 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 don't consume my day, and that is something that's, you know, you overlook a lot. Like you really have to almost take a step back and say, you know, Jake or Aaron or whoever it is, like. You're doing better, right? Yeah. That's, you're progressing. And that's the thing. That's all you yeah, do. and I think that's why you, you know, I mean, you have to keep numbers. I yeah. think when you're building a business, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you yeah. whether you love them or not, I mean, you you have to structure yeah. it. You know, you have to. Are you making money? Are you profitable? Mm-hmm. Well, when are you going to be profitable? And then, are you growing the business? And I, I maybe some people don't feel that way, but I I feel in a certain way you do have to be growing your business at all times because. If you say we're good, we're not going to do anything else. I mean, with all businesses, and and you know that definitely with insurance. Like, well, I don't. I could lose. I could lose my best account tomorrow. And what portion of my business is that if I'm relying on them? I mean, it's it just doesn't work that way. You have to be ready for your black swan situations. Yep. You know, I mean, COVID. I mean, gosh, like I was brand new in vending, but. Uh, there was accounts that, I mean, they shut down completely. Hotels, I've got a military contract. Dang, they wouldn't let you on the right. base. I didn't even think yeah. about that. So you made, you, on the... you made it through COVID too. Yeah, I was brand new and that, that almost wow. spooked me completely because, I mean, think about it. Oh, I mean, man, you know, I am right All these type of schools and hotels. and like, There's I, no need for people yeah. leaving their house. Yeah, I have amazing, I have a couple amazing hotels and they wow. completely shut down. Dude, they I terminated their staffs. That. It's like, well, I guess my vending, you know, so my vending machine. They're not going to need a vending yeah. machine anymore. Yeah. So it's like, and, and it's wow, easy to look man. at now, but people were scared that life was forever changed, yeah. you know, and, and that's they, like you know, people wouldn't go out anymore, you know, they're just going to. Wow. Dude, I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, you know, and I, I know everybody has their own COVID stories, but yeah, I mean, Damn. your business relies on Goodness being gracious. out in public and, and you don't have that, you know. I forgot uh, all, like that was during that time. Like, yeah, that, that, like, I was out just, of all the businesses of the vending, yeah. 
I was in it. I just really had been in it one full year. I was just oh, starting man. to get traction. You know, it was pretty scary. Yeah, but Dude, that's um, even awesome. That's even a cool, like more of a cool story than anything because yeah. you've made it through that. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, uh-huh. just totally crazy. Okay, um, we need to probably wrap it up here. But so, last couple of things. So yeah, and this is something like I'm gonna. It's kind of two questions within one. But what does the future of like vending machines look like? Like with the technology side of things. Mm-hmm. Like, is there apps where you can go and see all your vending machines and see what they're doing? And then the other question on the back end of that is like, what does the business itself look like? Like, is it a very, like, is it a, is it a growing business? Like, mm-hmm. I meaning like, is there a lot of people getting into this market? Because I feel like I've seen a lot of it on, you know, social media and stuff right. uh, recently, but I don't know anybody that's doing it. There's only one other guy that I know that does ATMs and that's it. Yeah. Um, so is it a very competitive uh, you know, mark or business. Yeah, I would say as far as kind of to answer your first question, um, yeah, I use the software and, and all the machines are, are smart in that sense. I would say um, certainly there's people out there that don't do that, but I think a lot of your people that are certainly getting into it today, uh, they run off a data system and, and it's going to tell you exactly what sells. So you you know if the machine's out, the machine's performing, I can pull up all my accounts and see really? That's cool. how they've done today and, and what's sold. And then so you also know what to take out. So the days of like having this huge truck with every item you carry and that's what you're I'm going out there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and there's still some big vendors that that's the way they operate because they're so large. It makes sense for them. But uh, guys that are like me or right. a smaller place, you're not going to do that. So exactly. yeah, definitely software. I, I think with the business, like what you're seeing a lot, um, they call them micro markets. And so if you've ever been somewhere and maybe even like a hotel, but where you walk in and, and there can be just coolers like you would see it like quick trip or something like that where um you just have a scaled down version of that where the snacks are out and there might be one or two of drinks and maybe there's one for cold food and then there's a kiosk over there where you just go over there and scan it okay. and then you walk out there's there's so it's, it's oh, like a it's yeah, like yeah, a yeah. it's like a, a quick trip without an yep. employee there yeah um and you're seeing a lot of that and there's a lot of versions of that um, and depending on the size of the business, but your, your bigger employers are bringing those on a lot, even like large, like loft, nice luxury lofts, um, and, uh, mixed, mixed businesses where they might have several people in a, in kind of a a community, like a little, um, what does they call that? Like a, yeah. where they all have the same area. Yeah, and then and then that way everybody kind of uses it because you get more yeah. choices that way. It's mm-hmm. easier. It's faster. Um, so that's what you're seeing the most growth in in the in the vending world. And I'd say a lot of people are getting in that. Okay. You're always going to have in every city because I deal with some of the people I train are in different cities. You're always going to have one or two really big vending players that go after really large accounts that are in the big school districts and in. You are know, they big corporate corporations, or are they just guys that have been in the business? Like no, well, a little of both. I mean, you've got Canteen, which is national player across the United yeah. States, but you've got like even in here some, just yeah, they've grown their business, they've done a great job, and they run. You know, they've got you know probably hundred employees that run routes all over yeah. the place. But then you do have a lot of people like me. There is there is areas to go because vending and some you know. Uh, a lot of people don't do a good job, and um, so people are always looking for quality equipment and good yeah. service. And so, you can always you can always get in it. There's just you think about the amount of businesses, yeah. Because you can't you can't AI this thing. Somebody's got to show up. Somebody's got to right. you know replace the snacks and the drinks, and yep. somebody's got to take care of the equipment. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that's interesting. Um, what was I going to ask? Like. Does it cost a business to to have it there? Like to, have, to I mean, like no. Like how, a, how do you go up to like a like let's say you went up to the guy next door with the gym? Like how like do you just say hey I have a vending machine can I put it here? Yeah, I mean it's got to be a trade off. Like for businesses that want it, it's a convenience. You know, if they've got employees there, so they don't have to get in their car and drive somewhere. You know, to have that. A lot of people want that. Yeah. So um, like, do they charge you to do that, or do they say, "Oh, well, this is convenient for my employees or for my"? Yeah, you know, it uh, depends on the place. Okay. A place that usually has like for their their employees, they don't want any money for it okay. because. If you're gonna if if you're gonna get a share of my business, and which places do, well, 
that there's a trade-off there, then the the vending snacks are going to be more expensive. Mm-hmm. But like if you're in a uh, if you're in the front of like a hotel, like a hotel where they have vending machines or or like a gym, mm-hmm. you're because if they could place it and make money themselves, then. Um, yes, maybe they'd rather have you because yeah, they yeah. don't want to service it. They don't want to do that, but they want a piece of the action, um, and that and that can be. And a lot of my great accounts, um, yeah, that that that's a trade off. But those accounts are worth having. So okay. or you're not going to do it. Yeah. yeah so. Okay. Um, last question for you. What about like what do you have in your vending machines? Like, is it is it chips? Is it candy? Is it is it like drinks? Like, what is it? Is it a mixture of all? Yes, 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 yes. yes yeah, okay. I do so it. I, I do it all. So it kind of depends on where. Yeah, you're you get the traditional it. stuff, but we also um, do cold foods. So you know, we chicken sandwiches awesome. and lunchables and yeah. kind of all that. And, and honestly, like me, I and, and that's where I've done really well. I specialize my machines for accounts and. So where I do a lot of my action is energy drinks and you name an energy drink, like I've probably been asked to carry it and yeah. I bring it in. If it sells, it sells. So it's not just Red Bull and Monsters. I mean, you know, whether it's, I don't know, Ghost or yep. or Prime or whatever is the hot new thing. I mean, those are those are my favorite accounts. That's I mean, funny. If you said, if you looked in our, we looked in our trash can the other day and there was, there was like a freaking 12 freaking energy drink cans in there and it's like what the heck you guys like everybody's drinking you know energy drinks in here I don't drink them actually but Caleb he'll have I tell him he'll have two or three a day I'm like oh well you gotta knock that off my my single best uh, account is at at uh, Whiteman Air Force Base mm-hmm. and my single best machine is 24-7 got security forces they guard the base and do all that they they literally drink 12 this single location 1200 energy drinks a month out of my machine so yeah it's like Dude, that's wild crazy yeah guys that are uh, guys that are out there in the middle of the night guarding those b2 bombers man yeah. i mean uh I, I, oh yeah i i it i love that i love being down there at the base it's just kind of a, a beautiful yeah. thing to see i don't know uh that's that cool. part of america in action yeah. you know so uh but man they uh they drink it down so that's yeah funny. yeah that's funny well, man, I appreciate you coming on. Anything else you want to add? No, I don't think so. This is this has been fun. It's cool yeah. to kind of talk about this stuff. No, I know it kind of gets it always like certain conversations get you excited. I mean, I don't know. I get I get excited. I always feel like we have a good conversation, but um, it's really cool to see that like how you actually do. You know, you, you talk what you know. You, you say what you're thinking, but you're actually you know you're walking the walk too. Like with 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 training people with wanting to be that like I feel like you've always talked about doing that and I'm I'm happy for you I'm yeah happy well, you're getting down that well uh, yeah I appreciate it we're gonna hopefully grow it big and I, I don't know uh, maybe maybe, uh, maybe you can I could be your first client or not <laughs> your first client but maybe I could be one of your clients one day there you go sounds good so, alright well episode 71 Aaron Grounds appreciate you brother alright thank um, you man hope you guys liked it over and out